It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to cry in church. Praise God. Thank you, sir. It's okay. We're in the house of the Lord. And you're here. And I think I'm here. I'm not sure. Man, I tell you what. That worship and prayer was great. Just think. The Lord's coming back. Hot dog. Just think. All these little orphans that have been so neglected, so left out. Oh, that's just for a little short season. The baby that died in her mother's womb in Ukraine, as the mother died, they carried her out on a stretcher. I'm not sure about the mom, but that baby's going to be in heaven. Hopefully the mother will be too. The orphans. This dust is walking in it, praise God. There's so much that God wants to do in our lives to woo us, to bring us to the realization of who He is and who we are. It's not how great that my faith in God is. It's how great God in my life is. Because when I connected to him, I have all the faith I need. <laughs> if you believe that this mountain can be moved into the sea, king splash. That is the transliterated version of Mark eleven twenty two through 25. Praise God. Well, my jokes are still in my briefcase, so we won't have those this morning. I think I can repeat one, though. For all of those of you that are over 60 and need to exercise in your life, or getting close to it, you need to know this. Take a five-pound potato bag and hold it out in front of you as long as you can, at least for a minute, okay? And then after you've done that for probably about a week, then you can start lifting a 10-pound potato bag, okay? And then after you've accomplished that, go to a 50-pound potato bag and hold it out there as long as you can. And when you finish with that, start putting a potato in the bag. Hallelujah. Praise God. Women's breakfast coming up next Saturday. Yeah. Pastor Antoinette Campus Campers is going to be with us. You are ready. I hope you're ready. She will be. She's a lot of fun, but she's not like Jerry. She's not like her husband, Jerry. This woman is straight to it. So whatever you need to get to, she's going to bring you there. Hallelujah. And all the men should rejoice. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise God. It's going to be a great time. Uh, ladies, be sure you register. Pastor Kelly will tell you more about that. Of course, you should already know. But if you don't, don't wait until the last midnight hour to register. Do it today before you leave the building. Praise God. Also, want to remind you about Wednesday nights. We are doing a Wednesday night meeting, seven o'clock. Actually, we start at six forty-five out here, just having some snacks and fellowship. At seven o'clock, we go back to the hospitality suite. We have tables and chairs. We're going through worldview right now. We're going to be on this probably for another uh, month and a half anyway, about how we think, how we see things. And we're touching on some different subjects from time to time. So, how do how does God see all this? We need to look at the worldview through the eyes of Jesus. Amen? So we're doing that, and we certainly uh, encourage you to, to participate in that uh, if any way you can. Hallelujah. Uh, we have a short video that uh, we're going to watch. I'd like for you, if you would, just sit back and enjoy it.
Amen. Praise God. Yeah, give them a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, what's happened to America? That's our topic this morning. What's happened to America? You know, I grew up, and I know some of you find that hard to believe. Some, some of you say, well, he's still working on that. You're right. But I grew up uh, going to public schools singing that song in public schools. And it, it was a normal place. It was just like that's what you did. And uh, that was part of what was put in me as a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 year old. You know, a recognition of that. And that song really has a lot of real strong, deep meaning. I mean, it's, it's, it's really goes way beyond the children. But the children get that idea of this is part of what we do in life. And, you know, I remember uh, Christmas time, I remember singing Christmas carols, Christmas carols. And I remember a, a Jewish girl who came up to the front and the teacher had asked her to prepare something on Hanukkah, and she did. You know, we weren't adverse to other people's beliefs. We just knew that this country had roots in the recognition of God. And that was part of it. Now, that's not salvation. That's not um, being born again. I don't know if anybody got born again in my school, including me. But there was a recognition of God. There was a moral understanding. Um, Thomas Jefferson, uh, the drafter of the uh, Declaration, excuse me, of the well, the Declaration of Independence, um, he, he gave to us not a denomination to be uh, followed or the imposed because they had come from England and they were under the Church of England and that was no choice. So it was religious freedom, but they instilled a moral structure in this country that was Bible birthed. And that's something we need to understand and need to receive. The, the so-called separation of church and state uh, was taken way out of context. And the actual uh, First Amendment says that co Congress shall make no law. Shall make no law. Congress shall make no law. That means that the United States Congress can't. Do you know there were two states at that time that had a denomination recognized as the state denomination? And both of them eventually dropped it about 70 years later, but not because of court actions, not because they had to, just because the people wanted to drop it. And so that was the, the foundation of what uh, we had in this country. I remember riding a bike to school my mother was not on the bike with me okay I was on by myself now first couple I walked to school at the first uh, one grade that when we moved to uh, Ponca City 100 miles north of here and uh, then I moved to another school when we bought a house after we'd been there a year and uh, I rode my bike to it because it's a little further away and it was no big deal uh, nobody was afraid that I was going to get you know, <laughs> a bike by. <laughs> um, some of you got that. Um, that anything was going to happen to me. I was okay. It was, a, it was a free country, and it was safe, even though we had this gloom and doom thing hanging over us called the Cold War and an understanding of what atomic uh, war could lead to. But we still had safety where we were. We still had assurance in that. Um, Kids would ask each other, where, you, where do you go to church? And it was assumed that they're going to church somewhere, although not, not all of them did. But it was a natural way of life. And then we could fast forward, and I could sit here and talk about doom and gloom and misery for the rest of the time. You all know that already. I'm not going to have to share that with you. But the emphasis here today is here's where we are. What's happened to America we need to talk about a few things. And my disclaimer is, I don't want to go back to those days, okay? 
They were the good old days at that time. I appreciate the advancement of our society in, in a lot of areas. But I also realize that the one equation of a recognition and understanding of God, the God of the Bible, is no longer at the heart of most American people. So that disturbs me that we've allowed the enemy to creep in. And like Keith Green's song he wrote years ago, we are asleep in the light. Even if you're a Christian in this country, you're supposed to, shh, don't say that. Don't say that in public schools. Don't say that on the street corner. Take this cross off the side of the police cars. Take the side of the cross out of the courthouse. Take that. Do, do we recognize how gradualization has crept in that we've continually, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, till we've round up with the fruit of our lack of labor. Now, I'm not trying to put a Q-tip on my sword either, <laughs> okay? But I want you to know that I'm not going to sit here and dwell on all the junk. Okay, just flush the toilet, get that out of the way. Okay, we have a much higher level to live on because Jesus died so that we would. Uh, there are three ways that we, I know that we can cover this, and you, you, you know these already. At least the first two. Read your Bible. Do you know most Christians today have Bibles and some of them have not been read? <clears throat> I'm moving right along. Um, prayer. Oh, my gosh. Do, do we actually seek God on a daily basis? Do we actually beseech God to move on things that aren't for us? Mm. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I took the Q-tip off then, didn't I? We need to seek God because he's God and allow him to do the talking. Now, it's okay to talk to God. I'm not saying we shouldn't because we need to have communion with him but we need to listen to God that's a novel idea he will lead me and guide me and teach me and train me he is my number one mentor and I go to his word and everything he tells me it always agrees with his word but it has this impetus on certain things at certain times for certain reasons the rhema word comes in lightning to me and shoo I had that happen this morning during worship. It, it's like, ah, I see what I've been looking at. <laughs> Am I the only one in this Presbyterian church? <laughs> and it's like, I see what I've been looking at. Because it's, that glass is getting a little lighter, a little clearer all the time as the Lord is preparing to come back. And then number three I have is learn history. Evaluate it, discern it, slice it and dice it, and learn, learn, learn. Learn from history so we don't repeat history or learn from history so we don't let what happened before happen. Learn from history so that you can understand a fuller picture of life and learn from history the things that we need to be doing. Read, learn about people. They don't even have to be Christians. It's good when you do learn about Christians in times past. But learn about other people too. What made certain people? How many people in here have read the uh, biography of Ben Carson? One, two, Ah, oh, it'll knock your socks off. It's so wonderful to read about people like that. John Wesley, who was he? He's that Methodist guy, wasn't he? Oh, the Methodist church ain't nothing like he was. I say that with all due respect, all you Methodists out there, how's that? Praise God. 
guarantee you he wouldn't be in the trying to split it into four different denominations like they are right now. Part of it's just so obvious. Uh, and some of them try to walk out of the understanding of creation and marriage moving right along. Oh, yes. Learn from history. I have, uh, I was sharing with Pastor Kelly a while ago about putting this message together. I said, well, I've got a lot of stuff, and I put it in a blender. Just let the Holy Ghost uh, turn on the switch. I, I received, I've got a good friend. Uh, his name is Bill Furioso, lives in New York. Um, he's the one that introduced me to the church in South Africa some years ago, and I went back and forth uh, down there quite a few times in the late 80s and 90s. And uh, Bill's a, uh, he's a teacher, and he, he plays and sings and got that booming baritone voice, very gifted. But I think his number one gift, he's one of the few people, in fact, I can only think of a couple, maybe three, that I personally know that I would say is a current today's prophet. He has, he stands in the office of a prophet. It's not because he says that, it's because he shows that, demonstrates that. And he sent a word out to the mailing list that he has. And I want to read this prophecy uh, that he gave. And I, I texted him or, or emailed him back and I said, uh, thank you, Bill, so much for that word. I know that anything you ever say I can use, but I want your affirmation because we're going to use this tomorrow, <laughs> which is today. It's always today and tomorrow. So, you know, we, we need to hear from that one of the five members of the uh, FIFO ministry. Uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And I want you to get a full course meeting, dinner, uh, not just veggies or just meat or just potatoes, but I want you to get all of it. And so when I get an opportunity to share something like this with you, I'm going to share it with you because I don't know everything and I don't claim to know everything and I don't have the gift of this and that like this. I, I really believe this is straight out of the mouth of God. Bill uh, typed back at me and he said, of course, Dan, anything I use uh, he said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a word, and it can be a teaching, which he probably will come out with a 50-page essay on this in the next couple of weeks, <laughs> knowing Bill. But he said, I think it's really more of a word for today right now. And I said, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And this is wrote, written in third person, so it's the Lord. When he says, I, it's the Lord, okay? I, not you. I am the one building my church. My church consists, of course, of my people, those who belong to me, my servants. I am creating my body. You cannot understand the creation process. I have withheld that from you. For you, it is a mystery, a miracle. You can see and know recreation, but you cannot understand creation until after it takes place. After my glory passes by, as it were. The key for you to understand co-laboring with me as I build my church is to know you are in me. This is your hope of my glory. I am in those who belong to me. I am in you and you are in me. Therefore, what human beings understand as the DNA of my body or the blueprint of my household, as it were, is in you. It is my seed in my Bible. I am bringing forth. I am creating in and through you. My body is being formed in the womb. You see it after the birth. But it is now being created. It is now being formed, I in you.
The key for you to understand co-laboring, co-laboring with me as I build my church is to know that you are in me. This is your hope of my glory. I am in those who belong to me. Therefore, as with Moses and David, you can perceive the heavenly vision. As with Jacob and Jesus, my spiritual messengers, as it were, are descending and ascending. In Bethel, my house, upon those who belong to me. Like Jesus, those who belong to me are pleasing to me because they do what I am doing. They say what I am saying. They abide in me as a branch abides in the vine and brings forth fruit. They know that apart from me, they can do nothing. So they, in fact, co-labor with me as I build my church. My servants lay the foundation. They plant and water the seed of my words. I bring the increase. This miracle of creation resides in you and is assessed in the spiritual realm. It is in my spirit within you. I have given the ability to those who belong to me to perceive and discern what I am doing, but not the ability to do it without me. I have withheld that from you, lest you become fallen again. You are to eat the fruit of the tree of life, not the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Eating of the fruit of life abiding in me, as the branches abide in the vine, you will perceive and discern in the Spirit what I am doing in the creating of my church, which is my body. I have already given you a plumb line by which you can and must measure Discern that which you perceive in the Spirit. That plumb line is my words. You cannot know me, nor know my Christ, nor know my Spirit, nor discern my church, which is my body, without knowing my words. Therefore, my words are also the plumb line for you to co-labor with me as I build my temple in the Spirit. You are spiritual house. I am spirit. What I am creating and building is in the spiritual realm. You must co-labor, worship in the Spirit. You can perceive, you can discern, you can co-labor, worship, because you are in me and I am you. I am forming, birthing my glory in you and through you. It is not by human might or power, nor by trusting in chariots and horses. It is by my Spirit says the Lord. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap on that one. Jesus, amen. And as a good prophet will, he's brought up some scripture verses. Uh, The first one's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 6. Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature, A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are passing away. I love that. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, Things which eye has not seen and ears not heard, 
and which have not entered into the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. See, he's confirming the word with the word, the rhema word with the logos. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? So also the thoughts of God. No one knows except the spirit of God. Where does he live? Right here. We don't stop that like some of the Baptists do. God's told us stuff. And I'm sorry if I'm knocking other people's beliefs. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Too many times we've heard, you know, you just don't know what God's about. Well, God's revealed it to his and I love Baptist people by the way I don't pick them near as much as I do Presbyterians now we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God signed sealed delivered we also speak these things not in the words taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things with Spirit-given words. Wow. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And that talks about carnal Christians as well as unbelievers. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things. Yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? I love this next phrase. But we have the mind of Christ. That's not because we're hot rods. It's because he's given it to us by his grace. And then he mentions Acts 17, 28, in him we live, move, and have our being. Now there's enough revelation in what we've talked about so far to take us and carry us throughout the rest of our lives. Seriously. You see, I have an obligation, and I take it seriously, that in this day of turmoil in the world that we're ready we not only anticipate the coming of the Lord but we're ready to stand by faith through all kinds of adversity no matter what it is turn on the news and sit there for 15 minutes and you will go oh my god if you're not built up in the spirit realm if you're built up in the spirit realm you can take that as a prayer need come on we need to pray like we've never prayed before. If you haven't noticed it, Jesus is warming up his engines. He is ready to fly, to come back. Some things have to happen yet, but we've never been closer than we are today. And how some of that takes place, and America's part in that, are determined upon the body of Christ in America. And we should have the understanding that we have more authority than Washington, D.C. does. Not in a prideful manner, because it'll never work that way. In a humbling manner that we realize the sincerity and the necessity for us to be able to help carry this country through oh my god wish to god that everybody would have read the book wow you know you read some books on prayer sometimes and you just you go I'm nothing. I'm nothing. World War II, England, Bible school, 120 people. 
equipping young people to go out two by two all over the world to spread the gospel. All over the world to spread the gospel. World War II breaks out. They can't even get out of the country. He, he brings them all back in and says, okay, we're going to prayer. We have 120 people here. We're going to pray. And a prayer covering came over England. You say, well, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. England got bombed. Yes, they did. How many more times would they have been bombed? How many more people would have died? How many more people without the Word of God joined in by 120 students plus their overseers to say no? They kept a journey, journal. They kept a journal about what they prayed for, when they prayed for it, day, time. And they started matching it with the newspapers, finding out that their time of prayer matched the time of victory for England. One time they prayed, God gave them a, a deep intercessor call to pray. And they prayed later to find out several days later that this German leader of the, all these planes that were coming in to bomb England, he said, for some reason, I called them all back that night. We did not complete that mission didn't even start it. Time, newspaper, time, journal. <laughs> they were praying. Now, folks, that's real. And it's not 2,000 years ago. That was, what, 60, 70, 70 years ago, 70, 80 years ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How we have missed it, the importance the power for a believing body, believing people. Whatever happened in the past, don't worry about it. It's under the cross. But we need today to stand up as a rising member of the body of Christ and to do our part. And I know some of you are already praying lots. That's great. But I want to encourage all of us, take some time. If you've been praying two minutes a day, make it 20 you've been praying 10 minutes a day, make it an hour. Whatever. When you think about it, do we just thank God, thank God throughout the day? That, that's a good place to start. 30 seconds. Smith Wigglesworth said he never prayed longer than 30 minutes. Well, see? But he said he never went 30 minutes without praying. <laughs> so, what we need to understand is there is a call right now and the call is to believe God for a turnaround so that this little old preacher won't be standing up here and say, what happened to America? The way I'm saying it today. Be able to come over here and say, what happened to America? Hallelujah. Praise God. He got shaken. And when you shake things, guess what? They awaken. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? When you shake things, they get awakened. And we have this thing about, well, it's Trump or it's Biden or it's, no, come on. Come on. Are they your source? God forbid. Any of them. Even the three good people in Washington, D.C. And I don't have anybody in mind either. There are some good people in Washington, D.C. They just um, need to be more of them. What's happened to America brings about the question of what can I do about it? Okay. The three things we just talked about. Let's look at um, something that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Speaking to those of you on YouTube and other 
media that we have going out. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Oh my goodness, did he tap Washington, D.C. with that one? Well, we might all start looking at the mirror first. And then we can go from there. Are you not acting like mere human beings? Mere human beings? Does the Word of God tell you that you're not just a mere human being? Or does it tell you the Lord of glory resides in you, that He's birthing you, that you He will bring forth what He said He would bring forth? See, our thinking stinks sometimes. Because we're thinking about, oh, I'm just this flesh. I'm just this person. I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch today. How about skipping it and fasting and praying? Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, maybe we need to be a little more sensitive to what Holy Spirit is saying. We're not just mere men, he's saying. Are you not acting like mere human beings? For when one says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? I am a Christian. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm an Episcopalian. I'm a Methodist. I'm in Church of Christ. I'm Church of God in Christ. I'm AME. I know that we're just talking about other people today. But see, when we compare ourselves to others, the Bible says we're foolish. One translation actually says we're fools. What I'm saying to you today is be shaken, be awakened. This is the stinking best church in America. But we've got more to do. We've got more to see. And when we open our eyes and see it, we'll do it. You're that way. I know you're obedient to the Lord. But we've got to see it. And sometimes... We need to have a little shake, rattle, and roll type deal to wake us up. This is not yesterday, last month, last year, last decade. This is not singing only Christian soldiers in elementary school. This is the reality of what we will do to usher in the soon coming Lord. Hebrews 5.11, the writer of Hebrews says it this way. <clears throat> Verse 11, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. See, you can get so frustrated at the news, you turn it off and go, bleh. That, that should be a time you turn it off and pray. A time you turn it off and research have you read Ezekiel lately? Have you read Revelation lately? Have you read Daniel lately? Have you read Mark, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lately? Jesus said quite a few things. Mark 13, Matthew 24. You know, he said quite a few things about these days. Verse 12, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you should be a teacher. <clears throat> you should be a teacher. You ever think about teaching the Word of God? Can, can, I, can I say that? Can I speak that? Oh, from the housetops. Pat Robertson wrote a book years ago, Shout It From the Housetops. That's right out of the Bible. I've actually done that before. Once. It's fun. I don't know if anybody heard me or not. I don't really care. The devil did. We should be teachers. Every one of you, every one of you can teach to someone the Word of God. There's a lot of ways to teach. One way is you sit down and talk to them. Sometimes it's handing them something. 
Sometimes it's grabbing them and bringing them to church. There's all kinds of ways you can teach. But you should be able to unveil, unwrap the Word of God that why salvation is necessary. And how does someone get saved? You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. We'll come back to that one. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Do you know how many people talk about, I'm talking about born-again people walking around this country who will tell you that they are wretched, that they are miserable because of the sin in their life or the sin that they committed 20 years ago or 50 years ago or that this is, oh, I I just want the rapture to come take me out of here. I'm serious. The Bible says, awake to righteousness, sin not. The Bible says, who his own self bore my sins in his own body on the tree, that I be in dead to sin, should live into righteousness. Getting quiet in here. Second Corinthians five twenty one. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you want to argue with God about this? That's what we're doing when we say, "Oh, wretched man that I am." That's before you get saved, not after. And. If you just got saved 10 minutes ago, it's okay. We'll we'll teach you. But right standing with God, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood. That's a Christianese way to say praise God for Jesus who died for me on the cross that I could be free from sin. Whose own self bore my sins. Whose own self bore my sins. He bore my sins. I don't bear them forever and ever and ever. I'm not like the the movie The Mission years ago. Don't even want to mention the the star of it because, yeah. He's a Jesuit priest and he goes through all this ritual, carrying that big bag of junk up a hill to do penance. No, all you have to do is believe in Jesus and repent from your sins, and he'll take care of the rest. Oh, my gosh, this stuff is easy. Well, but you have to, get, you have to do one thing. What's that? You have to give him everything. <laughs> He's Lord. You don't own it. You don't have anything. But what you own is going di- to dissipate into oblivion. <laughs> He's not going to be like uh, Mel Brooks in the movie, um, no, um, the one about uh, Revolution War. Patriot, thank you. Where he says, my sin is ever before me. Now, and he was talking about murder. And if you murder somebody, you probably would kind of carry the thought around a little bit. But God can forgive murder as well as he can forgive you stealing a piece of gum. I'm not speaking about sloppy agape. I'm talking about the blood of the Lamb of God who died and gave himself on the cross 2,000 years ago at Calvary for your sins, my sins, and for the sins of the world. And whosoever should believe upon him should not perish, but have life everlasting. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's my Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, 1. I've got to run. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. 
Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. We need to grow in our salvation. That's what sanctification, that's what soul salvation, that's what all, that's, uh, 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 holiness. All three of them are the same thing. It, it's growing it's from the time you're born again to the time you go to be with Jesus in the air or other ways. Yeah, we grow in our salvation. We're not stuck in it. I don't know it all. If you can memorize the Bible both ways, upside down, inside out, then you may be on your way. Last week we talked about how drinking the blood and eating the flesh of Jesus is literal, not fleshly. It's a fleshly act that produces a spiritual manifestation, so it's truly literal. But it's literally spirit, not flesh. Not seen, but it's real. Think about this for a minute. What part can I play? Well, when we're word-minded, we pray, we're spirit-filled, and so forth and so on. We're on the way. That's not necessarily thinking it's on the road to thinking and allowing the Word of God in our mind to renew our mind. Christ has never been this close as He is coming as He is now. Am I ready? Is my family ready? Am I going to a church that is helping me get ready? By the way, the answer to that last one for people in this room is yes, okay. What is my spiritual vocation? What is my spiritual avocation? You know, vocation is your job where you make your money, have a living. Your avocation is something you do, this is your job, and a lot of times it's more fun. Your spiritual vocation is getting the Word. Your avocation is sharing the Word. End of sentence. In other words, we're being... We're preparing readiness in us, and we are helping others to be prepared. Also remember, you can't carry your spirit unless you're physically able, so make sure you're believing God for healing, doing the right things, exercising, and keeping your mind sharp that way too. It helps. It's no longer considered what happened, what's happened to America, but I'm doing my part to change and prepare America. That means getting the church ready starts with me, starts with the person in the mirror, okay? What, what am I saying through this? I'm saying that America will be better when the church is better, and the church will be better when you are stronger, okay? All I can do is all I can do. It's one of my one-liners I have in my, up my sleeve all the time. It's kind of like the right thing to do is the right thing to do. What's deep in it? Well, it is in action. But all I can do is all I can do. Way too long the church has been a social meeting. Meeting socially is part of what we do. But at the same time, the church is supposed to be a fellowship meeting where interconnections are made with Jesus and each other. Remember, remember this is a spiritual house that you are part of. And if you're interested in doing some things, be a soft prepper. That's a, that's a word that I've coined. That means buy you some extra toilet paper, have some extra water, have a few things around the house just in case. It's an insurance policy. That's all there is to it, you know. Don't go crazy and buy an 800-acre ranch with a silo, missile silo that they passed away in Kansas 50 years ago. But think smart. Think about what is, would really help you in time of need. Church of Tomorrow is here for you. And anybody wants to talk about that in further detail, see Sarge. Or me. Or Pastor Kelly. But the importance of it is we may be going through some tough times and I'm going to do it with joy. That's where my strength is. 
And I believe in God for you to do the same thing. And this thing could be turned around tomorrow. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and prophesy something that I don't know that I know that I know that I know. But I know that Jesus is Lord. I know that he's got me. And I know the rest of it, I'm going to enjoy it. And I don't care what happens. You can throw mud balls at me or dung balls or anything else. And it's not going to bother me because he's in me. Haven't heard that one before, have you, Cammie? Yeah. That is the beauty of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, his glory. I'm going to close. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body, we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. What the saints established, that I hold for true. What the saints believe, that I believe too. Long as earth endures, men the faith will hold. Kingdoms, nations, empires in destruction rolled. Crowns and thorns may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against the church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, and that cannot fail. Onward then, ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages men and angels sing. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, let's uh, pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word which has gone forth today. We thank you, Father God, for our nation. We thank you, Father God, for the plan that you still have. Hallelujah, you are not done. We thank you, Father, for the part that we play as the children of God to go forth, Father, hallelujah, with joy, with joy, with joy, not happy clappy, but with heart joy. Knowing, Father, that the answer, hallelujah, is in Christ Jesus and Him alone. We bless you and thank you, Father, for your word, which has gone forth. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you also. Hallelujah. In fact, if there's any in here, hallelujah, who have not made a decision to follow Christ Jesus, you have not prayed that prayer to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all the things I've done wrong. I believe that you uh, lived a perfect life, died a cruel death, rose again three days later to save me and deliver me and uh, bring me safely to you. Hallelujah. If you've never prayed that prayer, hallelujah, you're going to have an opportunity and those online the same. Hallelujah. So uh, as heads are bowed, just lift up your hand if you've never had that experience before. Hallelujah. Boldly declare that. We give you this opportunity. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's all pray this prayer, Father. Father, we come boldly to you. We ask you that you forgive of all sin. Come into my heart. Change me. Be the boss, be the Savior, be the Lord, Master of over my life. I thank you for your life, death, and resurrection. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are my Lord. I will serve you all my days, and I bless you and thank you. I'm a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Give him a clap offering. Glorify him today. Amen. Hallelujah. If you made that decision today, get a hold of us. You know, Pastor Dan, myself, some others in here who know the Lord, share. Share your testimony of what God has done for you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I wasn't really wanting to go that direction, but you know how God does things, you know. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> he gave his life so that we could have life. I'm going to say that again. He gave his life so that I could have life. If he didn't give his life, I would not have life. We could try and make life happen, and the world is sure trying hard. And when you get with them, and they'll start talking, and you find out really what's going on, they are most miserable. But there is one, and he has given me life. It's in his son Jesus. Hallelujah. And without him, I have no life. But because of him, I have life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Declare, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns, even though we don't personally have barns, most of us, and maybe some of you do, okay? But uh, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. How much? Filled to overflowing. Isn't that the character of God? Amen. You yield your life to Him in all areas, okay? And in every area that you yield to Him, there will always be an overflow, Always be an overflow, no matter what. Hallelujah. You can depend on it. Hallelujah. And your vats will brim over with new wine. So uh, as we're giving today, whichever way it is, through the offering, you know, through uh, uh, online or if it's text to give or whether it's through the, uh, the envelope and the card that we have in the, in the back, okay? Understand, okay, that our God is blessing his people, but we learn to yield and give to him our best. Amen? Because he's given to us his best. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, give today. Uh, give based upon what he's done for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Jeremy? All right. Uh, Pastor Dan mentioned it earlier, but just want to reiterate We've got um, areas to volunteer, so if you would like to volunteer, talk to Brad or Pastor Dan or Pastor Kelly. Um, all the areas are on uh, the board right now. Kids church, production, hosting or greeters, coffee bar, social media or worship team. So if any of those strikes a chord and you would like to, make sure you get with one of them and uh, we'll get you plugged in and serving, all right? Um, and then we've got Wednesday, 7 p.m. We're starting at 7 now. Um, so we start with snacks and stuff at 6.45 to continue part five of Worldview. Uh, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed the last two times. We've kind of gone to like a classroom setting, um, literally in a classroom, and uh, just like went through an outline. So uh, it's just been really productive. Last week we went through the book of John, and it's just like... Gotta love John, apocalyptic, very dualistic, God of the world. And so it's very powerful, and that's what worldview is. Um, and then I'm told to also uh, make sure that if you are a lady in here, we haven't, we haven't had, uh, there's a lot of you in here, and there's only a few of you who have signed up. So if you want to be a part of this Saturday with Tony Campers, Pastor Tony Campers, um, this Saturday, make sure you text Proverbs 31 to 97,000 or grab the brochure in the back and scan the QR code. Make sure you sign up. Um, it's absolutely free. We just need a head count if you're going to be there so we can provide you with food. I know the guys, we had a great breakfast. I don't know what y'all eat. Maybe like a yogurt parfait. We had a bunch of... <laughs> we had a bunch of Bacon and eggs, so I don't know what y'all are going to have. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's it. So we've got Volunteer Worldview and, um, and the, the Women's Conference this Saturday. All right. So, all right, and then we'll just dismiss with prayer. So, 
Thank you, Father, for this powerful time this morning in your word. Uh, What a powerful word and message uh, that we got to uh, take in, Lord. We thank you for this time of fellowship. May the word that we received go deep into a uh, fertile soil, Father, in a heart that wants to receive it and to allow it to go deep and to manifest what it was meant for, Father. Shake us, awaken us to righteousness, to do your word, Father, as we saw in in Corinthians, the Corinthians were carnal Christians, and their 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 carnality kept them for in a spirit a spirit of unreadiness to receive deeper things from the Lord. Father, may we make ourselves ready to receive deeper truths, deeper things that you want to speak to us and ultimately share through us. So, Father, as we go about our week, Father. We thank you uh, for all of your goodness, all of your grace, all of your mercy that uh, helps us continue to walk this out, Lord. And we thank you for your promises by which we get to partake in this divine nature, Lord, and we share it with the world. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.